Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book. Um, I think somebody's unmuted, one of the last people who spoke. You could press star one. And we are at page XIX, the very last paragraph beginning with, while the internal difficulties of our adolescent period, and we're going to read through one more paragraph, which will end with, friends will be found further on in this page, in this book. The first paragraph is just for context only. Comments will all be focused on that second paragraph, which will be found at the top of page XX, the first paragraph on that page. Today's readers on the 12 steps is Jane F., 12 Traditions, Lauren N., and the readers of the text this morning are Dion R., Julie R., and Terry H. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, December 13th, is 9354. 9354. Over it is anonymous. There is somebody unmuted. It's got to be somebody who was um, introduced themselves. Folks, check it, please. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through sharing experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's tradition, fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. As a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jane F. to read our 12 steps. Uh, Yes, good morning. This is Jane F. from New Hampshire. Can you hear me? Perfectly. I am a compulsive overeater, uh, grateful to be in recovery. Here are the 12 steps is adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, 
made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you to everybody who's giving service to my past. Thank you very much, Jane F. And now I will ask Lauren N. to read our 12 traditions. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Lauren N. from New York, compulsive reader and sugar addict. The 12 traditions. How a common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For, for the two, for group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, in an, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest the problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, each OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, overeaters as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, the public relations, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We all we always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, never reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much and I pass. Thank you very much, Lauren Ann. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, 
but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. To, uh, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book at the bottom of page XIX, which begins, um, while the internal difficulties of our adolescent period, reading through the following paragraph, which can be found on the top page of uh, XX, which ends with, friends will be found further on in this book. The first paragraph is going to be read for context only. All comments are to be focused on the second paragraph. So I will ask Dion R. to start us off. Good morning, Dion. Good morning, Anita. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you be heard? Yes. Yep. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Dion R., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, while the in- while the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were beginning being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this is for this there were two principal reasons. The large number of recoveries and reunited homes. These made their impressions everywhere. Of alcoholics who came to AA who really tried, fifty percent got sobered at once and remained that way. Twenty five percent sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed in AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and got and at first decided they didn't want the programs. But great numbers of these, about two or three, began to remain as time passed. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the administration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could not, AA could have made only uh, the slowest progress. Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will, will be found further on in this book. Uh, yes, uh, uh, what I'm getting from this and how I identify with it, uh, again, is that uh, beyond, I mean, compulsive overeater, uh, recovered compulsive overeater is just being reminded of um, 
even the percentage, like uh, many people talked about yesterday, of ones who came and who stayed in, and even now some just can come in today and overeat as anonymous, like I did, <laughs> and said, well, I don't know if this is for me, but I was just coming, it was like I was peeking, opening the door just to peek in to see if, if uh, it was for me, and, uh, you know, 20-some years later, I'm still here. Um, thank God I learned to recover um, back to basics with this big book, and uh, following those these simple suggestions as well as from friends for medicine. I think about my doctors when they would, you know, um, my one particular doctor, she would say, uh, are you still going to that OA program? I was like, okay, yes, I'm going. But I wasn't applying. This. I didn't tell her that. I was like, I'm going, but nothing's working. I wasn't applying me and the steps. And, and many people who see me now, they'd be like, you know, how are you doing this? How you, you know, you seem so different. You're personality things are changing and in and I said, Well, I'm not sure if the OA just now start kicking in or I start working a program and they were like, You work in a program. So anyway, so I'm grateful for that and, and even religious people, uh, just being able to share right quickly that um I just uh, Saturday I lost a good friend and an ex husband and um uh, it was pretty devastating. So I talked to his friends and family members and people in recovery and um, get their moral support. And But the, when it's just a religion, that's what really uh, stick out to me because when I came into 12-step programs 27 years ago, my uh, religious family, the particular, some did, was not into, uh, they didn't understand the 12-step the, uh, program. And, uh, and this person that I talked to um, yesterday he was like, I think you need to just keep <laughs> call some somebody in that program, and so it's like the program begins, the steps begin to work us, and as long as I keep working the steps, my ten, eleven, and twelve, and and uh, without trying to be, um, I guess the religious people and different things that people in a program in the, in the community begin to open up when they see results, prodigious results, and. You know, especially of that particular person, they open up a spot in their community church for a 12-step program. So I'm just saying this is when I see there's a wide acceptance of AA. You know, many people began to um, to give respect for it and even the doctor's opinion, as we will find out later, they talk about. So, yes, the wide acceptance of AA, um, alcoholics and arms in the program uh, had no exclusions. And I guess that's the main thing uh you know, I get out of it. I know um, in order to keep doing what I'm doing, I got to keep doing what I'm doing. And if mm-hmm. and if that makes any sense, I will pass with that. Thank you guys for allowing me to share and being there for me. Thank you very much, Deanna. Now, who mm-hmm. else would like to share? This is Bella. Can I share? Bella? Melissa C. Melissa C. Wayne C. And Wayne C. Let's go with these four. Let's start off with Bella, Larry, Melissa C., and Wayne C. Good morning, Bella. Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Anita, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Without such support, AA could have made only the slowest progress. Yes, thank you, thank you, God, that I am in this program, and I get 
so much support. And what is this support? The support is the listening. The support is the listening without judging and blaming. The support is to be able to listen to me, you know, and to let me feel my feelings, live with my feelings, and to be honest, to be honest with myself and to be honest with God, to be honest without fear. And yes, this this group of people that some of them I don't even know personally, you know, give me the support to be able, you know, to feel without fear, without anxious and now this last couple of days I'm going through a you know an interesting challenge and it's such a supportive when I can talk with people in the program and they understand me and they don't blame me and they don't judge me and they give me the support that I am doing the best I can because I am connected to God and not to my ego. And without this support, I wouldn't be able to be, uh, to have this, you know, this wonderful feeling and this wonderful, you know, that I am connected to God and not to myself. And this is my recovery. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Bella G. And good morning, Larry Kay. You're up. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Anita. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from uh, from Chicago. You know, the one person I want to talk about, um, I've read about, was a guy that was um, pretty instrumental in Bill's life, um, Father Ed Dowling. And and he showed up. He was a uh, he was a, a Catholic priest from St. Louis, and he traveled all the way out to New York to uh, to visit Bill. Uh, they became lifelong friends, and primarily Father Ed wanted to talk about the paradox of AA, this notion of a regeneration. He called it, you know, the strength arising out of defeat. We get here defeated. Um, the strength arising out of defeat and, and weakness, the loss of one's old life as a condition for achieving a new one. And Bill agreed with that. They became friends. Their friendship grew, and Father Ed became a great friend of AA for the rest of his life. Um, and and he tried to, Father Ed tried to use the 12 steps with his own compulsive eating. Uh, I read about one story of his struggle ends, it says, with Father Ed one night eating all the strawberries intended to feed the whole Jesuit community, and he became so sick he had to receive his last rites. And he was a yo-yo dieter. He'd go from 250 pounds down to 167 and up again and again. And and he, he even asked Bill to start. This is way back, you know. Asked Bill to. We lost you, Larry. That's an exciting moment. Larry. Well, we may never know the end of that story. Um, I think maybe we ought to move on to Melissa. And Larry, if you can get back, we'll hear the end. Hi, it's Melissa C. Recovered in New York. I'm 
I want to hear the rest of the story, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'll have to wait. Um, you know, what, what jumped out at me this morning was um, that in order for um, AA to have um, spread, for, for us to get um, so much attention and um, so much recovery, was we needed other people, not just alcoholics to kind of spread the word, to kind of, um, you know, there was a buzz, you know, and we needed other people who might not be suffering to kind of share that and how, um, you know, how do we kind of match that and marry that with um, only one, you know, addict to another can really, um, you know, start the ball rolling. Um, you know, I think I think how important it is for me um, when I'm asked, what are you doing? Like, how have you lost this weight? How are you keeping it off? You look so, you look so happy. You seem so together. To not brush off um, and make a decision who's worthy of hearing my message and who's not. You know, I've kind of um, have had in the past been. I don't believe it. What's happening? Melissa, we've lost you now. Can, Melissa, you back? Hi. Hey, Anita, can you yeah, hear me? Can you? Oh, yeah. uh, let's, Larry, don't go away, but let's finish Melissa. Where am I going? Can, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Am I, am I muted right now? No, I hear you both. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, you yeah, know, so you know, I was just thinking how um how I can't be prejudiced about who I should be sharing the message with because I never know who they're going to be sharing it with. You know, and and that it's very important um you know to welcome conversations with um doctors, with religious, you know, people in in our community because they have the ability to then point someone to us, you know, and then we can really do some important work. But um, I I can't just say, um, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, when someone asks me what I'm doing and decide that it's not important for me to tell them. You know, I never know. First of all, I never know how someone's truly suffering. You know, I'm only looking at their outside. Um, but I also don't know who's in their life and who they could share the message with. And, um Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass, and I want to hear the rest of Larry's story. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Yes, Larry. What happened? <laughs> we're, we're. I don't know. We, we become. Sometimes I become disconnected from my higher power, but it's always. It's just a momentary lapse. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. No, no. There's no great uh, thing. He, he. Um, Father Ed Dowling, just such a great story. He, um, yeah. This guy had an insight. And he was a major compulsive overeater, and he, uh, yeah, he was up and down in yo-yo dieting, and he asked Bill and became friends with Bill and Lois and asked Bill to start Obese Obvious. It's in the, you know, it's it's definitely a discussion he had. The guy couldn't, he was a, a smoker, he stopped smoking, and then he put on lots of weight, and he was a major, he was one of us. And the thing is, though, what I love about the divine nature, this friendship grew, and he became uh, really a spiritual advisor to Bill, and he supported Lois as she uh, developed Al-Anon. It's a great story. In, in fact, Father Ed Dowling, you can read a little some of his comments in the uh, appendix in the big book. So, 
um, just I'm indebted to to people like uh, like Father Ed. I think we all are. And um, anyways, uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Anita. Well, thank you very much, Larry. Uh, yes, now it's Wayne C. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure I want to share now. I, you know, I, I was after uh, Melissa and then, you know, Larry comes in and takes my spot. So, yeah, you know what? I think I'm just going to – I'm kidding. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate uh, everybody's comments. Isn't that typical, though, reaction, right, to uh, – oh, think, thankfully I did some step work. I could actually uh, just move on. But, um, no, uh, bad, bad joke aside, yeah, you know, I like this this idea, and I think I just want to sort of um, uh, focus on – you know, something I heard Joe and Charlie's talk about, you know, the famous AA speakers, and they said, uh, you know, we have, um, we spend so much hundreds of thousands of dollars on trying to help, you know, uh, new people come into AA, but yet there's, you know, thousands dying within AA because of, you know, not being able to hear the message or, you know, uh, not carrying the message. And I think so, you know, as much as, you know, I see, um, I guess it's just a really a plug for visions and how it's really helping to, you know, uh, share the message uh, within the fellowship and, and help people and, uh, uh, you know, really focus on the steps as they're originally written. And, and I and I say that having sort of being fresh off, having done the 12 steps and really the beginning of a spiritual experience. Um, and it's really a beautiful thing and it's uh, it's really helping me. And so, while, you know, sort of um, networking and, you know, and, and being out there and, and making these connections in the community, uh, even to this day, and, and, and trying to, you know, uh, find a modern-day Dr. Soapworth within the, you know, the doctors or the food disorder clinics. I mean, I think it's still, there's a lot to be said about got enough people within the club rooms, uh, you know, to, to spend time trying to, you know, carry the message to and that being said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck it up and and go out into this brutal weather and go to my meeting. Uh, right. Right. You know, this morning. Thank you. Thanks, thanks so much, Wayne C. Let's open it up again for uh, three or four more people before we move on. Who else would like to share? Amanda R. Nessa R. Reva Barbara D. All right, guys, let's stop with those four. Um, Nessa, uh, Amanda R., Nessa, uh, Reva, P., Reva, Reva P., and Barbara B. All right. Amanda R., good morning. Good morning. This is Amanda R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Maine, and I, I had a, a, a practical idea that I it's been working pretty well for me in this in this general subject of you know friends in medicine helping us to spread the word. I mean I think that's where a lot of us compulsive overeaters we tend to maybe show up first because well I mean most everyone goes to the doctor every once in a while and and um, if the food has gotten to a point where we're overweight or underweight or it's hurting our bodies in other ways, we know this. We're not foolish. Um, 
it's just that we're kind of powerless over it until we work the steps. But at any rate, uh, this is an idea I got from um, somebody in, a, in another 12-step fellowship I'm part of. But she had these little, not like business cards, but calling cards. She made them up, had her first name and her phone number and her town. And um, she would pass them out to people who might be interested in, in their 12-step fellowship. So I got a bunch of those made up for myself. I got my first name, town, phone number. I wrote down um, the World Service website for information on OA, and I also put down the um, call-in information for Vision for You, time and number and everything. And, you know, I ran it by my sponsor to make sure I wasn't doing anything, breaking anonymity. And so I'm, what I'm, I am not putting these up on bulletin boards. That would be breaking anonymity. What I do is I talked to my family doctor, you know, and other doctors are, are really interested in, in how this program is working for me. And so um, they had this idea I could take, a, you know, a little Ziploc bag of these index cards and give them to their secretary. Now, my doctor, if someone else thinks they might be interested in this approach or my doctor can suggest it, now they cannot give out my name because of confidentiality reasons of being their patient and all that. But what they can say is, you know, the secretary has some index cards, some uh, little calling cards of people who uh, are somebody who has experience in this um, 12-step food program and they're happy to talk to other people and, um, you know, ask them for a card on the way out. So that's that's one thing, you know, to help uh, help them spread the word, which I am very happy to have them spread, and also has opened up some opportunities for me to speak at some of their uh, weight loss support groups and, you know, just things where, you know, I may, may find some other people who may be interested and pass out some more cards if people ask for them. So, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anybody else about that who would like some pointers, and that's all I have to share, and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Amanda. Nessa R., good morning. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. Um, Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada, and I I just wanted to focus on the word support. Um, You know, support, one of the definitions of support is to give assistance to enable to function or act. And, you know, these people are there to help us. Um, but for so many years and so many times, um, I placed my trust and reliance upon all these professionals. Um, and somebody is muted and talking in the background, and it's, it's very distracting. Um, anyhow, um, or maybe it's my own echo that I'm hearing, I think. Yeah, I don't uh, hear sorry. anything. Okay, sorry about that. So, uh, so for many years, I, I put my trust and reliance upon all these professionals, you know, the doctors, the nutritionists, the exercise specialists, you know, to give me the magic cure, to give me the pill who w- that would allow me to eat everything I wanted and, and still be thin. And, uh, you know, obviously that didn't happen because I'm here because I'm here and you know what this program has taught me is that the only one that I can place my trust and reliance upon is God Um, he is the one who is going to solve all my problems but you know and I go back to the definition of, of support it says to give assistance enable to function or act so I still have 
work to do. I have to take the appropriate actions um, for these people to be able to help me. What, what are the appropriate actions? I have to put the food down, and I have to follow the instructions in the big book with the food down. You know, I have to take these steps, these 12 steps that will unblock me from God so I can totally trust and rely upon him um, to guide me, to uh, deal with my life, to help me function, um, to remove my character defects, and ultimately to remove the food obsession that has plagued me for, you know, the most of, most of my life, really. So, so to support is not to do it for me or to cure me. Support is help me along so that I can take the actions that I need to take in order to recover, placing trust and reliance upon God, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nessa. And now Reva, followed by Barbara. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This paragraph on the medical support of um, AA is a huge remember when for me. Um, When I reached my bottom, thank you God, um, I ended up seeing a doctor who was not my own doctor because she wasn't in that day. And I was um, in a hospital and he recommended two things, a research-oriented state-of-the-art Um, clinic for uh, eating disorders and um, on a hokey piece of paper that was orange in the shape of a foot which I'll never forget he wrote the words Overeaters Anonymous in a phone call and there was no way I was going to try that program it sounded like just hokey from the name Um, but you know what in that research um, state-of-the-art clinic there was absolutely no mention of OA and actually, I bumped into a girl there because um, I had mentioned I had this piece of paper, and she told me, oh, don't bother. It doesn't really work. Um, and it just strikes me here. There's such medical support, and it's telling me how AA is growing by leaps and bounds. And I guess I'm struck by the fact, you know, that at that time, the program of recovery was the same as the fellowship. And there weren't... Um, this is when things got unified and strong. There was a strong unified message. And if I look at the appendix on the medical view of AA, you know, you have these well-known doctors and psychiatrists talking about how they're acknowledging that their main role with the alcoholic is to basically convince the person. It says, our task is to break down the patient's inner resistance um, so that he will actually be willing, you know, to go and work the program of AA. I don't think that happens now. Um, so I don't know what these um, research-oriented clinics are like these days because um, it's been a while. Um, but as was shared, you know, what am I doing to spread the message and what are we doing as a group as a whole? Um, I really do think we are in this adolescent period because even in Toronto there are so many kinds of meetings um, even people coming into the rooms get confused about how this thing works and whether it works. Um, but with medical support, I think we need to be unified in ourselves before um, doctors will acknowledge that this really, really is a powerful um, treatment. With that, I pass. Thank you very much, Reva. Uh, good morning, Barbara B. You'll be our last share on this paragraph. Thank you. 
Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Composable Reader in Massachusetts. And as I look at this, and it says another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the administrations of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, etc. Well, I'm remembering what it was like um, a while ago to go to a doctor and say, you know, I've been offered the chance of Overeaters Anonymous because obviously nothing else was working. My health was in horrible condition physically and emotionally and every other way. And he said, oh, that's a bunch of people just getting together and telling each other their woes. And um, we've come a long way, I feel. And a lot of that is due to, I think, to OA members distributing literature to their doctors, getting permission to put them in hospital racks, the pamphlets. So I feel that, you know, there has been a lot of progress in terms of the medical profession. And in looking at the you know, religious aspect and religious friends and the guidance that um, the founders of AA had, I feel that there are certain voices now, and I remember reading several years ago that 12-step spirituality is really the spirituality of this century, and I totally agree. And um, I know that in my own faith community, we did a book called Breathing Underwater by um, Richard Rohr, a Franciscan priest who is paralleling the 12-step spirituality with the Gospels, and that's been used in uh, various uh, faith communities. And so there are supports out there. I feel it's a matter of spreading that message, um, uh, aligning myself with those voices, and continuing to work on that level, because so much can be done on an individual basis, but I think this is worth imitating, this calling out to friends in the medical and religious communities, and uh, who knows where the press would take us as long as personal anonymity is is declined. Um, so I'm glad to uh, glad to look at the call to do further work in that area in those areas. Uh, with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Barbara. And now we will move on to the second paragraph on page XX. Somebody's on is on speaker, and it's causing an echo. If you can check that out. So page XX, the second paragraph, Julie R. Will um, will you please read this paragraph for us? Hi, this is Julie R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization. Neither does AA take any particular medical point of view. Though we cooperate widely with the men of medicine, as well as with the men of religion. And, you know, for me, I'm very grateful that it's, quote-unquote, not a religious organization. You know, even though, like, the big book, right, it has, I think, 200 references to God, and five of the 12 steps mention God. And for me, I'm so grateful that Bill went on to say, or not Bill, but Ebby said, you can choose your own conception of God, because I am not religious, and I, I... that's my own thing. I would have, several times I just couldn't handle going to a meeting because they would say the Lord's Prayer, which was a practice of AA and still is in, in many um, AA meetings. And But now it's like I look at it just as a prayer. Um, I don't put any religious doctrine around that prayer. It's just I change the words. And I'm glad because... I could I would not have stayed in OA if I 
was told that I had to do a certain kind of dogma. Um, I'm spiritual, I get that, but and I'm so glad that they were able to come up with the traditions and each group is autonomous. And unfortunately, it kind of went the, uh, another way. There's so many different facets coming up for meetings, um, you know, uh, meetings that don't want to say the word God at all and take it out of the book, blah, blah, blah. To me, my God is my creator, and I am glad that I have a God that directs my life and that I can go to, and whatever you want to call that God, because it's the God of my conception, my my God, not your God. And this could have really went wrong at the very beginning if they would have said, you've got to be this religion or this religion or follow this, this sect, but they didn't. God was so in charge of this whole beginning of, of the process because it could have went away just like the other groups did that were focused on a certain religion. So yes, it's not religious, but it is about finding that power, which is not you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Julia. Who would like to share on this little paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. Kanessa K. Vasa O. Uh, hold on a minute. Was it Kanessa K.? Yes, Kanessa K. Vanessa K. And Vasa O. How about one more? Sarah W. And Sarah W. Oh, wonderful. All right, Katie G. Followed by Kanessa K. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Anita. May I be heard? Yes. Wonderful. I'll start my timer. Good morning, my friends. Katie G. Recovered. Compulsive Lower Anorexic. Compulsive Lower Anorexic and Bulimic in Boston. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I am so glad. It reminds me of that other line, be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they offer. That's like later in the book. Um, For me, you know, when I thought of when organized religion would speak, you know, with their formal gods and things like that, hatred, vile, anger, fury would, would come up in me. And this was before I was recovered. Thank you, God. And I couldn't hear anything that they were saying. It was like, la, 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 la. So thank you, God, for the person who first said to me, KDG, the only thing you need to know is that there is a God and you are not it. And I could totally get on board with that, totally, because I had spent my life over and over again trying this thing, that thing. And when I later read We Agnostics, like it, it beat me into a state of, of, yes, there's no way there isn't a God. <clears throat> And it wasn't a Santa Claus God. Like, I couldn't make up some Santa Claus God where sometimes I still do. I'm like, God, I gave you A plus B. I want C now. But um, thank you, God. There isn't anything that's going to block us. Now, at the same time, because I've been able to develop a God of my own understanding, I, like, if there's something in particular I don't like about an organized religion, or that I, you know, I'm kind of able to look at the parts that make sense to me to look at. Um, and it's really been amazing over the past 14 years how my understanding of God has morphed into a Jewish Buddhist monk, you know, like all, like, I think every form of religion has informed my, my practice of spirituality that continues to grow. And with all institutions through my later step work, I've been able to see that like, just because there are certain aspects of things that may not work for me, 
you know, in a person, in an institution, that doesn't mean that I blot them out and that they're wrong and that I can't ever learn anything from them. In fact, quite the contrary. When there are things and organizations that are are, are bothering me and bringing up that antipathy, um, you know, the more I can, you know, study what it is that they're using, I find things that are right. So it's it's been one of those ironic things where, thank you, God, it's been so unifying for me that I can call my God, God, you can call your God, HP, you can call your God, Goddess, or, you know, whoever it is. And yet, by doing that, by unifying together with neutrality, I get my life saved. And then I get to learn from people who, uh, from everybody in these rooms. And thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, for Overeaters Anonymous. I'm doing it with you guys one more day in Boston. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Katie G. And Kanessa, good morning. You're up. Good, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, Kanessa K., compuls- recovering compulsive overeater in Cincinnati, Ohio. Again, I want to focus in on that word religion. Um, like so many of us, I grew up in uh, an organized religion and still am a you know practicing member of that faith um, very joyfully. Um, but I heard a, a quote recently that really resonated with me, and it was from a spiritual teacher, I don't know who, um, but the quote was, if you follow the path too narrow, narrowly, the only thing you'll ever see is the path. And for me, the program has opened up my religion to my understanding of what my relationship is with my God. Um, And those two have uh, very slowly learned to walk hand in hand and I with it and with both my religion and my spirituality and my path. Um, It's very easy to go to church every week and sit and listen to scripture gospel or whatever it is that, you know, any of us follow, but never really form a relationship with God and, or my higher power. Um, I don't want to offend anyone, but uh, for so many years, I think I just followed the path and all I saw was the path. I didn't see anything outside of that. Um, So for me, the program, the 12 step, excuse me, um, and the practice of praying for willingness to understand that um, my higher power is either everything or he's nothing. Um, so for that, just that understanding, if I never, ever um, become completely recovered, and I pray every day that I do and continue to work this program to the best of my ability to get there, um, if that's the only thing I take, that is such a gift, um, that it's it's not just the path. Um, you know, following a religion sometimes can be black and white, but the program brings color and detail and an understanding of what that relationship is. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Kanessa Kay. Uh, Vasa, oh, good morning. You're good morning, up. everyone. Thank you, Anita, for your service, and I'm Vasa, grateful, recovering, compulsive over Anita from Florida. And, uh, yeah, I like this little paragraph. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization, neither does AA take any particular medical medical prob, point of view. I'm not going to continue on that. I was so, so grateful when I came and I heard this was not a religious program. I did grow up in an organized religion and also in a communist country. So I was lot, a lot of, there was a lot of confusion there. 
my father was a priest, and I went to church. And um, we went to church, and I went to school. And the teachers taught taught us there's no God, don't believe in God. And a lot of people lost their jobs uh, because um, you know because of their belief in the communist country, or they were prosecuted. So, but anyways, um, and I was raised with fearful punishing God, you know, and. So a lot, a lot, a lot of mixed emotions and mixed thinking in my head. But, you know, again, I was so, so desperate, you know, when I came in this program. I said, you know, I better try this because I'm going to die anyways. And I did not run out. I would have run out from the, my first meeting. It was in the church. I really would have because that would have scared me. And um, my meetings were in, in, I went to a couple meetings, and they were in, in hospitals or different places. And then later on, I started going to the uh, church basements, and I started feeling more comfortable. But um, I have my own God, my own understanding of God today. It's not my father's. It's not my mother's. It's my own because I've had that uh, spiritual experience, uh, spirit, spiritual experience with God when I came into this program, and I do combine. Uh, I've gone back to the church, you know, but I I started, I mean, I have a much better relationship with God and connection with God when I get into um, um, the 12-step program meetings, you know. In church, I go and I listen and then I go home, but there's not sharing, which I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy that too, you know, but this is my church. This is my main church that I that I get the most, and I just, um, and and then we pass it on as we've learned. And I remember, I know my time is coming up, I remember people putting um, the church that, you know, my husband was going to, and they were putting piece of papers under every seat in church to promote, to, to spread the word of AA, you know, or OA, whatever. And I've done that with my doctors, or we go to cleaners, you know, put, you know, information about the programs, and, uh, you know, and I do make phone calls, and but I don't chase people. At the beginning, I was chasing people. Now, I don't. When God puts All the right. opportunity for me to do it, I do it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks so much, Asa. And Sarah W., good morning to you. You're up. Sarah, press star one. Sarah. <laughs> well, while we're waiting for Sarah, is there one, not one more person? Maybe we can get in one more person. Sarah, are you back? Well, then I'm going to take a little turn here until Sarah comes back, and, and then it'll be time to end the meeting. And that is, that is at a meeting I heard last night, uh, somebody was talking about uh, one dimension of the God that they have found, and I thought, yes, once we can um, cut people off at the legs, please, just because you didn't like your church, 
it doesn't mean that that you can't find a God of your own understanding. And the the clue here is find, search, search for one. And what she said last night was, are you looking for a higher power or God uh, the way you would look for it for a lost sneaker? Or are you looking for a higher power, something that you can follow and that can guide you as if you're looking for a lost child? And I thought, yes, that is a um, fantastic image there. Sarah, are you back? Linda D. Yeah, Anita. I'm sorry I got oh. kicked off line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we're going to have to end with Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Anita. Um, good morning, Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader from Iowa. You know, there are no mistakes because I woke up very early and um, I was kind of perusing, um, listening to some meditation, and, and on the Internet I looked up something on one of the sites, and I looked up and was reading about Jim Burwell, Jim B., um, he wrote The Vicious Cycle, and he was very instrumental. You know, I mean, how does this happen, you know? Is, is it odd or is it God? Because I don't know if I've ever read that story. But it was it's all about the idea that, you know, in AA Comes of Age, which was a book that um, is written about AA's history, um, Jim was a was an agnostic, and he was very opposed to the usage of the word God inconsistent um, adherence to his philosophy, you know, agnostic philosophy. So he was very good friends with a guy named Fitz, um, uh, who he knew for many, many years. And Fitz was on the other side of the camp. You know, he was also an alcoholic. And Fitz also wrote a story, I think it was our southern friend, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, um, you know, it, it's, you know, we're so fortunate that we have so many uh, different voices. And I love when Leah says that, you know, the mosaics of what we have. You know, some people sound uh, much more strong and some people sound a little bit more soft. And whatever it is, you know, people hear the message in whatever way it is. But, you know, the idea of this, the idea that um, it isn't a religious, and I was thinking about Tradition 10 and the idea that, you know, uh, we we have to be very cautious that we have no opinion on outside issues, that we don't bring outside um, uh, publications in, uh, you know, into our meetings. We can do it afterwards, but, you know, it really has to be very focused on OA, OA's material and everything. And, you know, thank God it is, because where would we be if it wasn't? And I have to say, I came in through a physician, and I'm so grateful I did. I'm so grateful this woman knew about OA and directed me that way because I had tried everything. And that was 22 years ago. And I'm just so grateful to be here today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita, for being so patient. (laughs) Thank you very much, Sarah. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, Linda, I hope you'll stay on and share that second hour. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Terry H. please read a vision for you? 
Thanks, Anita. This is Terry H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maine. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.